0: In today's show, we look at the waiver wire for fantasy basketball, added players, dropped players, what we're doing with certain players. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So here we are talking about um, waiver wire. Who's available, who's being added, who's being dropped, what that means, how we can make sense of it. Let's get into it. Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right. The most added players is over the last 24 hours. Josh Richardson, the most added player. Makes sense. Last two games from Richardson have been really good with the absence of both Vassell and Calden Johnson. I'm a little worried about Richardson's output when Calden plays. The stats on that haven't been fantastic, but... We don't know whether Calden's going to play today. So it is worth having a look at Richardson. Now, is there long-standing value in him? I don't think so. But it is worth having a look. He's a better per-minute producer and historically been a better fantasy producer than someone like a Romeo Langford and obviously a Jeremy Sohan, who we've got no history to back him up. So it's worth taking a look at. So I get him being one of the most added players. I just, I'm not having confidence in that lasting when Calden returns, but we do it now and that's fine. Andrew Nembhardt, I I did not expect to see him as the second most added player. Now, I did talk about him on the streaming show yesterday, how the Pacers do have a strong schedule, three games in the next four nights. I just didn't think that everyone would start adding him based on that. I don't think they did. I reckon they did it because he scored 19 points, hit four threes, had four assists, and had four steals last game, which is undoubtedly a really good game. The problem is he hadn't really had a good game for weeks before that. that. The assists are good. The steals are obviously excellent. Six steals in the last two games, but that's not real. The shooting percentages from the last two games are also not real, whereas it's 64 and 57%. Um, The minutes, fine. He can do that. The usage is not going to be particularly high. I just, I I get it. I I do like the value of getting him for three games in four nights. I just didn't think so many people would be onto that one. And I don't think that there is long-term value here in adding Andrew Nampard. So that that was interesting for me to see that. Patrick Williams, third most added player. Yeah, look, they, it didn't sound like DeRozan was going to play, and then they did the thing that annoys me where they listed him as questionable. Now he's been downgraded to doubtful. I would have to expect there's a chance that DeRozan misses the rest of the week. We already know that Javonte Green is out with knee surgery, so this is going to bump Williams' minutes with Green out, and it's going to bump Williams' usage with DeRozan out. He's always been like, he's shooting the ball really well. He's been a fringe player because of his inactivity, but... He gets blocks, he's hitting threes. If he gets a few more uh, scoring opportunities, I-, I do think he's a 12-team league guy. I'd prioritize him probably ahead of Richardson and definitely ahead of Nembard. I don't know how long DeRozan's going to be out. Again, it's they're obscuring the details of this injury by listing him questionable than doubtful. Um, they don't appear to think it's too serious, but who knows? You know, Chris Paul's been fined twice and then missed multiple games with both of those injuries. And Tyler Hero didn't have an injury, but of course he missed a game through not having an injury. So yeah, teams are lying with this stuff all the time. And us trying to pass through that information is tough, but leaving a game due to a muscle strain injury surely doesn't mean you miss only one game. So I'd have to think there's a little bit of a value here for Williams, maybe for a week, maybe two weeks. I don't know, but he's worth grabbing. Larry Nance, interesting to see. He's one of the most added players. He played a little bit next to Valanciunas last game, which was encouraging. We know what he does. It steals and blocks. It's rebounds and field goal percentage. In a points league, I don't think he should be a rush to add in a 12-team format. But in a category league, someone probably should be looking at him. He's not going to fit on every team. There's going to be inconsistencies. There's going to be minutes, ups, and downs. There's going to be injuries. This is what Larry Nance does. But his strengths in those categories make him someone to look at. And if that makes sense in your team, go and grab him. No problem with that at all. Kyle Anderson, one of the most added players. Yep, probably should have been added weeks ago. People are just sort of coming around now. I guess the back spasm issue created some doubt about his long-term viability. Rightfully so but he's playing through that at the moment, and we haven't had an injury, knock on wood, uh, for a while. So yeah, he's a 12-team league guy. Pat Connerton, well, that is, um, yeah, that is absolutely chasing. Yes, I know Chris Middleton is out. Chris Middleton has been out for weeks, and I wish we could get some information on when the hell he is returning. This is a strong um, schedule situation for the Bucs. They got Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, three games in four nights. Connerton was great last game, 11-11. and 11. He had 5-1 and one the game before that. He was 15 and six the game before that, 11 and two, 10 and three, two and four, 0 and seven. Minutes are seemingly all over the place. Production's a little bit all over the place. It's not. It's not a dreadful ad. The schedule does benefit him, but you know, can we rely upon Pat Connaughton to be a long-term guy? No, we can't. DeAndre Hunter's in the midst of a nice little run. That's encouraging. Um, we love to see him be able to do that consistently because in the past, he's been an inefficient scorer who doesn't do anything else. But at the moment, we are starting to get some defensive numbers come from him, which is obviously helping his overall value. He's also scoring well, and over the last four games, he's playing 37 minutes a night. He's only averaging 31 for the season. He's hitting 40, 50% of his shots, 58 from two, and he's averaging 1.5 steals. This is from a man who averages 0.5 steals for the season. So it is a real hot streak, but rebounds are up, steals are up, shooting numbers are up, minutes are up. It's trending in the right direction. My confidence in it sticking is low, but while it's happening we do it. And then Dwayne Washington, he's going to get a lot of shots. He's probably going to shoot poorly, but he's going to get a lot of shots. And Paul and Shamit are out again for Phoenix, so that does give him that advantage for at least Wednesday. Roll with him until these players return and then you move on. I think that's a relatively um, relatively straightforward one. Today's episode is brought to you by Oh, that's the wrong one. We'll I oh, will do them later. It's brought to you by Bilba, in fact. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You want delicious treats. We all want delicious treats, but we don't want to pack on calories. We don't want additional fat and sugar. We want things that taste great, but are actually good for us. And that's where Bilt Bar comes in. Bilt Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. And that's the difference. That's the secret. That's what makes them so good. And you know all their great flavors, churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond. They're all there. Healthy, Healthy, delicious treats that are good for you. 17 grams of protein in a lot of these bars and just 130 calories. It's such a great nutritional profile that you're not going to want to taste anything else. And now, instead of having in the past where we've had to go to Built.com to order these boxes, you don't have to do that anymore. You can go straight to Walmart. If you go down to the pharmacy section, you'll find a four-bar box of Bilt Bar. You'll find many of them because they'll have so many there because the demand is so high. You'll find them in cookies and cream flavor, the goat flavor, double chocolate, and coconut puffs. But you can also go to Sam's Club, and they've got a 13-bar box. The flavors there at Sam's Club, brownie, batter, and churro. Two great flavors as well. So head to built.com or head to Walmart or head to Sam's Club and get yourself a box of delicious and healthy Built Bars. Built Bar is built different. Let's go to the waiver wire. The most dropped players on the waiver wire. I say let's go to the waiver wire like Josh, as if the whole show is not the waiver wire. The most dropped players, DiVincenzo and Harold. Thank you for your service, my guys. um, Curry's back. Wiggins is back. Clay is back. DiVincenzo played under 20 minutes. Clearest drop in the world. See you later in all 12-team leagues. Probably 14s as well. Montrez Harrell, you streamed him in when Embiid was out. Embiid is back. You go ahead and drop Montrez Harrell in 12 and 14 and probably 16-team leagues. Those two are the easiest drops you'll ever make. I think Cole Anthony is a pretty clear drop in 12-team leagues as well. His shooting is just rough. There's a chance he becomes the fourth guard. Once Suggs' minutes push back up and he just doesn't do enough and the opportunity is not large enough for him to be a must-roster play. He'll have some decent nights, but there are too many stinkers intertwined there that I wouldn't bother with him. And then his teammate, which I don't know how he was still rostered in enough leagues to be held onto, but Flaming Mo Wagner. Yeah, he's been dropped and he should be. Anthony Lamb, Kavon Looney, two guys that were, I think, um, incorrectly added. Especially Lamb, there was no reason for him to be added in as many leagues as he was. Ridiculous chasing that had zero chance of of sticking. So he's been dropped now. Absolute waste of an ad that was as straightforward as you could see. Kevon Looney, a lot of people just added him because he had a few really big rebound games. But with the return of a full-strength team, they're not going to rely upon him as much. And They're not even full-strength. They're still missing a lot of forwards. But his value is just so limited that I don't really see how he's a must-roster 12-team league guy. And people have reacted that way. People dropped Terrence Mann. I don't think I would have been so quick on that. Look, his game wasn't particularly great last time, but a starting point guard who's played 35 and 41 minutes in the two games he's been starting, yes, it is low usage. It's at least a little bit interesting to me that I'd like to see it for a couple more games to see where he can settle in. In the end, he probably doesn't remain a 12-team league guy. I think that's fair. If he's probably more of a 14-team league player, but I would have liked to, have, you know, I wouldn't have dropped him after a 41-minute game where he had the best plus-minus on the team in a win to break a losing streak, and he looked good out there. The stats didn't come, but a lot of that stuff can translate through. Some, some not always, but sometimes. So I would have liked to have given it a game or two more. But but I do understand. And Jalen Suggs was dropped. Yeah, I, I do like Suggs as a player. There's just too much competition. There's too much um, ramp up for minutes. There's no guarantee he gets to 30 minutes, and when he gets to 30 minutes, there's no guarantee he's a top 110, top 120 player. So while I do like Suggs, I don't think that he's worth holding on a 12-team league, waiting for something that literally might not happen. Let's go through um, some players who I think are rostered in too many leagues who probably can be dropped. Marcus Morris, I think, is totally adequate. It's almost the Harrison Barnes situation where you sort of know what you're going to get out of Morris, and his value tends to be up when guys like George and Leonard are out, although recently that hasn't been the case. He plays like 30, 31 minutes a night. He scores 13 points and four rebounds. Doesn't do much else in any other category. It's just like consistently weak. It's not terrible. He's not shooting one of nine. He's not having a four-point game followed by a 30-point game. He's just doing basic back-end stuff. And a lot of the time at this point in the season, that's not really worth holding on to. I think he can be a useful player, fantasy playoffs, if how the schedule pans out, streamable, all that sort of stuff. But as a must-roster guy, I don't think so. Same goes for Sadiq Bae. Look, who's just had a really poor season, has really struggled in basically every opportunity he's been given. There will be some occasional big games from him. And even now, when he's pushed back into the starting line because Bogdanovich and Stewart and Durin are all out, he's not really doing much there. He's sort of a points guy who doesn't do too much else and has poor percentages to boot. And I just think in a 12-team league, you can do a lot better than bothering with Sadiq Bey. Jaden Ivey, well, we talked about him on the buy-low sell-high yesterday, saying that I do think he's going to improve, but he's not not even like a 16-team league guy at the moment. So him improving might take him to 14s. You do not need to be holding him in 12-team leagues. Maybe he comes good in March, maybe, but there's no guarantee of that either. He doesn't have the greatest statistical profile coming out of college, he's poor percentages, steals, blocks, rebounds, and assists, and low-volume threes is not conducive to a good fantasy game. In a points league, I think he can be a 12-team league player. But in a category league, I just wouldn't bother with it. And I also think that Dracaris Levert Dracarys. is not going to be worth holding in a category league. We've got Garland and Mitchell both back. Ricky Rubio, who I'll talk about in a second, is returning. Levert played a lot of minutes last game with Alan Sick, but... His impact negatively on your percentages is immense. His game needs a lot of usage and ball handling to get value, and he's just not going to have those opportunities. He's a stream guy, and that is it. The next four are more points league players. I don't think you need to be rostering Bones Highland. I don't think you need to in category leagues either. But Bones is rostered in a lot of spots. He's barely playing 20 minutes a night. The the occasional good scoring game from him, but it's just not enough to consider him a must-roster player. And the same goes with Trey Murphy, who has had so much opportunity, but seems to be regressing every game. I just don't really see a purpose in rostering him at this point, even though Ingram and Zion are both out. Um, he just isn't producing anything. And for fantasy points leagues, we need volume, and he's just not giving us that. So I think he'd probably better off moving on from him. I don't think Bowl is worth holding. Like, his points league upside is not that high anyway. He's never getting back to the 30 minutes a night he played earlier in the season, Yesterday, he wasn't in the rotation, but I think that's probably COVID recovery stuff and conditioning. And I think he will get some minutes, but I don't think it's going to be enough to matter for 12-team points leagues. I don't know about it for 12-team category leagues. He still could be useful, but I am not as big on him as others are. I don't foresee them carving out gigantic minutes for him. I just don't see him as that level of a player. So I'm definitely okay with him being moved on from, especially in points leagues. And then Colin Sexton, who is still out with a hamstring issue, is um been plagued with that multiple times this season and he's going to be the third guard at best. Now, the absence of Linux probably helps Sexton a bit because it means Beasley starts and plays exclusively at the three and that does help Sexton get some minutes. But Sexton's a guy that needs good usage, 30 minutes to be a 12-team league player in points and categories, to be honest. And I'm not sure he gets either of those things or at any point soon or at all, at all to be honest. So I don't think he needs to be held in... Um, in category formats, or sorry, in in points formats. Let's look at some must roster players. These are guys that are available in over 20% of leagues, so under 80% roster percentage, that I think can be top 100 guys. I think that despite yesterday's struggles, and despite me saying he was a sell high, Killian Hayes is definitely a guy that you want to roster. He's available still in like almost 30% of leagues. He's going to have issues with his percentages. He was going to drop off from that hot streak, which we saw already, but he still remains a 12-team league must-roster player. Again, a sell-high does not mean you drop him. It doesn't mean he's not going to be a must-roster player. It just means see if you can find someone who really, really believes in the top 40 Killian Hayes rest of season and, and trade him for that. And they, they exist. They, they, well, they did exist before yesterday. So that is what a sell-high meant. And, but in this case, like you hold him, you don't drop him after yesterday's game and you go add him if he is available. I was thinking Mason Plumley is a 12-team league guy. I don't know why they continue to play him so many minutes or actually increase his minutes, but he's producing at such a high level that he should be rostered. Now, the free throw percentage is a real concern, and you've got to be willing to deal with that, but he should be rostered by somebody. Dan Gafford, there's always seemed to be something going on with him with injury-wise, but I still do think that he is a 12-team league guy until further notice. So if he's available, go grab him. And the same goes with Jalen Duren. Both of these guys are dealing with injury at the moment, whether it's, I don't think it's a long-term thing, but they both need to be on 12 team rosters. But looking at points leagues, Hayes and Plumlee, still top 100 guys, I think. Uh, Mark Markel Fultz, I would have him must roster in categories as well, but definitely in points leagues. He played 37 minutes last game, Fultz. Clear, clear must roster player. And Steven Adams as well is still available in over 20% of leagues. His free throw percentage is horrific, but in points leagues, that doesn't matter. He is a top 100 points league guy, I believe. And I don't know why he's sitting on so many waiver wires. Because even in category leagues, there's going to be teams who the free throw percentage shouldn't matter. And he needs to be rostered. But he is available in uh, far too many leagues. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or a hiring manager, you got to know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs can help you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job posts, your company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. They identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedonmba. That's linkedin.com slash lockedonmba to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's look at some hot players. These guys are all top 100 over the last week, and they are available in a lot of different spots. Dennis Schroeder. We know that he had some ridiculously hot shooting, which bumped his numbers up. That fell way away last game. He's never going to be a high peripheral guy, high steals, rebounds, assist player, especially when LeBron and Westbrook are there. But with the absences of Walker and Reeves and Beverly now banged up, he's going to get a lot of minutes. And a lot of minutes means more opportunities to put up numbers. So for now, he probably is a 12-team league player, especially if you're willing to deal with some iffy percentages. Tyus Jones has been top 100, but that's because Jamorant's been out. Now, with Morant back, it's really hard to trust Jones to be that player moving forward. But as we've said multiple times, it's very hard to trust Morant to stay healthy. And if you are in a strong position in a league, Tyus Jones is worth holding on your bench because then you just have a guy who, if Morant happens to go down in the fantasy playoffs, you've got a top 60 player sitting there. And that's great value. Now, a lot of teams won't be able to deal with that, deal with a guy who might be 190th in every other week. But if you can, the luxury stash value is there. Josh Richardson, top 100 player. Yeah, that we talked about him already. Same with Kyle Anderson. They're two of the most added players. Anderson should have been added weeks ago. Richardson's definitely worth um, having for now. We'll see what happens if Kelden does play. Andrew Nemphard, hmm, interesting. I guess it's because he's had six deals in the last two games that he's jumped up inside the top 100 over the last week. I still don't buy him as a must to 12-team league player, but those numbers would tell us that he's producing at least 12-team value over the last week. And Montrez Harrell, that's very similar to like Tyus Jones. Like, we know why he's in the top 100. It's because Embiid was out. Don't get sucked into that. It is interesting to see Seth Curry here in the top 100, especially with Kevin Durant out. Now, he doesn't play until Thursday, so we don't know exactly how the rotation's going to go. But I would definitely prioritize Curry over Harris. And he's probably equivalent to TJ Warren in terms of which guy I would look at to be a, uh, an add for Durant. I wouldn't say I have confidence in either of those players. But Curry being in the top 100 now, before Durant is out, is intriguing. And at least brings a little bit of appeal, especially in like 14-team leagues. And then Dario Saric is here. That's really on the back of that game yesterday against the Warriors. I don't trust his rotation minutes or his role, but there could be stream value for him on Wednesday with a bunch of players out. But realistically, he's not any sort of long-term guy. Let's look at some players who are available in over 90% of leagues. Dillon Wright, Nico Batum, and Caleb Martin are all available in a lot of leagues. I all think they should be 14-team league guys. Now, Wright still is struggling to get back to like 23, 24 minutes. He might not ever get there but his ability to get assistance deals is really valuable and he should be on a 14-team roster. Batum, just getting his 25, 26 a night. Not a 12-team league guy, in my opinion, but 14-team leagues, yes. And then Caleb Martin's injured at the moment. That quad is really bothering him. But when he comes back, there's enough there to be a consistent enough 14-team league player. Patrick Beverly injured a little bit at the moment, but 16 teams, I like his role enough to be there. And let's talk about Ricky Rubio because that's the news. Rubio is coming back. And I'm going to get lots of questions about Rubio, about where it can be added. Because people will remember what Ricky Rubio did last, um, last season, and they'll look at it and go, well, well, yeah, I've got to add him. But remember, Rubio did that last season because Karis LeVert wasn't there, Colin Sexton wasn't there, and Donovan Mitchell wasn't there. It was Darius Garland, and that's it. And this season, yes, Sexton's not there, but Mitchell and LaVert are and Rubio is a 32-year-old man coming off his second torn ACL in that knee. Yes, one was years ago, but torn ACL. He's going to come back. He's going to play a reserve role. He's not going to play 30 minutes a night. He's going to sit back-to-backs. He might be a useful stream option for assists. He might be able to get you four assists in 20 minutes, like a TJ McConnell. But as a, I definitely wouldn't bother adding him in 12-team leagues. I might consider it in 14, but again, you're going to have to deal with missed games. And minutes limits for a while. And then what is the actual actual upper ceiling of his playing time? I wouldn't... It's maybe 25. Maybe it's 25. Because I don't think you want to run too much of Rubio, Garland, and Mitchell together, for example. So in a 16-team league, yeah, absolutely. Right, 12-team for Rubio? I don't think so. 14 on the fence, but probably not. But a lot of people will go and add him. Based on this news, in 12-team leagues, I just don't think it's a prudent move. Um, Bob Covington, that's an interesting one because last game he played 30 minutes. He played 20-odd the game before that. I don't know where if fits in the rotation when Paul George and Luke Kennard play. I, I, I don't know whether he plays or not. But in a 16-team league, it's worth having a look at because this is a guy that can be a 12-team league player if he plays 25 a night. I, I don't think he does get to that because it is hard to find that on a healthy team. But he could. If they take John Wall out of the rotation, which is possible, especially after Ty Lue said that he wants to run Norman Powell as the only guard in lineups a lot more, meaning that your man and Powell are your point guards, then there's no need for Wall. And that means Covington might get those minutes. And 20 minutes of Robert Covington is at least a 16-team league guy. Gary Payton's a 16-team league player. Hasn't really done anything yet, but the steals value and his field goal percentage value should be enough there. And then Timothy John McConnell. Dealing with a shoulder problem, we'll see the severity of that. He's only listed questionable. Um, he's dealing, or he's an assistance deals player who gets 17 minutes, 18 minutes a night, and that's useful enough in those 16-team leagues. I talked about him yesterday, and I'll talk about him again today on a bunch with a bunch of other names here, Jonathan Isaac. He is probably set to return towards the end of next week to the Magic team. I just do not see a large enough role for him to impact 12-team leagues. I don't think... Someone said, like, it's just easy, Josh. He'll just take over Mo Wagner's minutes. Yeah, maybe, but that's 17 minutes. Um... And even so, like, I don't think John Isaac coming off the longest ACL recovery in the world is going to be the backup center. I I don't think they'll play him at center. So where does he get the minutes? Does he, does, yes, Mo Bamba's not in the rotation. Yes, he can take over Wagner's minutes, but does that mean the bowl never plays either? I just, given how long it's been, given the rotation in front of him, given the injury risk moving forward, given the minutes, given all of that stuff. I don't see how adding Isaac and holding him through all of this while we wait and wait for him to get back to speed. And then maybe it never comes. I don't, I just don't, I think the odds are definitely against you. And the type of home run hit that you think it could be the people who are in bad positions in standings are going to want that sort of home run hit to push them up the standings. But in the end, they're the people that can least afford no production for multiple weeks while we wait for something that might not ever come. So it ends up being almost worse for that team who's really trying to swing for the fence and hope that they get this top 50 player from three years ago. And then they're waiting and waiting and waiting and they can't afford to wait because they're down in the standings. If you're at the top of the standings, you don't need the home run hit, but you could afford to take a risk on it. I honestly just don't see how he can come in and play enough, regularly enough, regularly enough to be impactful. Tony Warren, yes. I don't know if they can play him 32, 33 minutes a night without Durant. I think it'll be Curry that starts, not Warren, but we don't know that. So yeah, he's fine to add. And Royce O'Neal, I think he's going to see more of a role without Durant. So he's definitely a 12-team league add. Romeo Langford is getting minutes. He still is not a great 12-team league player and I'd rather him in say deeper formats. But when we're talking stream options, a 29-minute a night shooting guard who might score 14-15 points is at least on the stream radar. Dennis Smith Jr's assists and steals are useful. I don't think that makes him must-roster in 12-team leagues. He's still going to be behind Rogier and Ball. And I don't think he's going to be getting you know up to 25, 26, which is probably what he needs to be considered a 12-team must roster. He's like a 14 to 16-team league guy to me. Norman Powell's worth worth a crack, I think, but again, he's very empty. He scores and he requires minutes and usage. And with George and Canard out, he played 31 minutes. So when they play, does he get 25? And that's not enough. So for the short term, he's an ad. Long term, I don't really see. It. I don't see it. I don't know why I put Jalen Suggs on this list because we talked about him already. Herb Jones. I do think that Jones is a drop. He is more of a steals specialist who's now currently injured, who can't really seem to ramp up into big enough production consistently enough to be considered someone who is must roster. He's totally okay to roster, but I don't think you need to do it. I think he's definitely a fringe player who can move in and out of lineups and more suited to say 14 team leagues and definitely not interested in a 12 team points league format. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up, leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.